Okay, good evening everybody. And this is Barbara with Cannon Girl Speaks Podcast. And I'm so glad um, to be on uh, this evening recording. And I have um, a very special person on my v- in my VIP room on Cannon Girl Speaks Podcast. And so uh, without further ado, I'm going to have him introduce himself. Because I, if I introduce him, I'm going to actually say what I'm used to calling him. So I'm going to let him say who he is and, 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 and tell us what he does in the community and what he what uh, his job is and well then we'll go into the conversation so without okay. further ado sure. uh, ladies and gentlemen I want you to introduce you to my name is Ricky Ricky Walter and before I get started introducing myself I would like to just say how appreciative I am to you well, thank you for what you're doing in this community and I um, uh, I, I really uh, when your name comes up in conversations around, uh, I always talk about how vested you are in the lives of the youth in this community, and well, we appreciate you. that. And I know you don't hear that often, but I sure want to stop a minute and say that. <laughs> but thank and you And keep so on much. doing what you're doing thank because you. it's, uh, uh, it may not seem like you're influencing lives, but you truly are. Thank you. Uh, well, I am a uh, licensed psychotherapist here in uh, this area. Um, I am also a credentialed, ordained pastor. I've uh, been pastoring since uh, 1998. Um, I am a, the founder of a uh, nonprofit organization that does social services, um, uh, mainly foster care and adoption, but we have other, uh, uh, there's a, really there's a plethora of, of programs and services we offer through that umbrella. Uh, and so that's kind of... Who I am, I've moved here in 96. I've been married for 35 years wow. to a wonderful woman yes. uh, that's originally from this town. Yes. And I have uh, eight wonderful children, two are biological and six are adopted. I have uh, six grandchildren and one on the way, so it makes seven. Oh, wow. Uh, and so um, that's quite a bit about me. I, I didn't grow up in this town, but uh, it has become my home. And so you recently just got your doctorate. I did. I uh, now that education thing is a long story, <laughs> but uh, after uh, being out of school for 18, 19 years, I returned to school uh, because I had a. And I'll talk about my disability. Or what I don't call it disability. My daddy called it. Um, you're uh, highly motivated. <laughs> so, but uh, I returned to school and I. I uh, Earned my undergraduate degree from Southwestern Assembly of God University uh, with a specialization in counseling psych, and I immediately entered into a graduate program and got my master's, first master's in 2002. Uh, and right after that, I opened um, uh, the agency, and then I returned to school, got a master's in family studies in 2014, went back and got a master's in professional counseling in 2015, and then uh, entered into a doctoral program, and I graduated. Um, August the 3rd, 2019, after completing that long, grueling journey. <laughs> did my research. Uh, I did my research in the southern um, sector of the United States of America, did qualitative and quantitative research. Uh, my research was on uh, integrating or um, uh, integrating selected components of NTU psychotherapy 
and uh, narrative enhancement cognitive therapy to address the stigma of depression mm-hmm. in the African adolescent African American adolescent male population using uh, non-clinical settings like community centers, churches, mm-hmm. and all that to provide access to yeah. those the critical uh, component. Uh, what I've discovered through my research is the African American adolescent is the fastest growing male adolescent. Male is the fastest growing uh, segment of the population that's committing suicide today. Oh wow! So that's kind of what drove uh, that that factor for me to do that yeah. research. And I have to admit, the research is concentrated in the South, yeah. and so I don't really have any data from uh, in the West Coast, like yeah. uh, California and all that, nor uh, Northeast up there near Michigan and, and and Massachusetts. It was really concentrated in the South, where eighty percent of the African American population is anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. Um, Ricky, yes, and I'm gonna try to keep continue sure. to call you that. Yeah, please do. Um, the other day, um, we were spe- we were talking, and um, we got on the subject matter of talking about the community and all that. And so, um, I finally just said, "You wanna be on my podcast?" Yeah, you know, because I was like, "You were like, grill- you were grilling me," and I don't know if you're grilling me, but we were just talking having this this. It was, I think, it was a compassionate, a stimulating a really, conversation. Yeah, conversation. <laughs> and I was like, right. I just need to talk to him on my podcast. Wow. I said because I love to talk to people and and, yeah. and get and pick their brain about how they feel about, especially our community. Okay. You know, because I'm very passionate about our community. And so, um, with that being said, um, with your doctorate and you mm-hmm. sit and you've been here a while, mm-hmm. um, where where do you see where do you see the changes? That are taking place within, especially within our African American community, community because that's where my focus is be is, is gonna is gonna continue to be because I'm African American, mm-hmm. and that should be you know I you know I I love my whole entire community, mm-hmm. but my passion is the drive to really you know focus on hey where is our community going mm-hmm. um, for the next you know however many years you know wow. and so. What um, what changes have you know? We know we know segregation existed. We know integration existed, and so we're in 2020. Mm-hmm. And to me, I feel you know, and I, when I see numbers, and I've seen the numbers, our community is decreasing. You know, as far as the the numbers, and, and I know our census, but we have our census 2020 this year, and so I know it's going to tell us to me that it's it's not as many African American community members here. Like it, it was in the past. Okay. You know, and so tell me as far as you know what you see in the changes within our community. I think I live in a bubble. I don't <laughs> see much of it. You know, I um, I've I've lived in West Palm Beach, Florida. Mm-hmm. I lived in Fort Worth, Texas. I lived in uh, Franklin, Tennessee. Um, and of course, Navarro County, of course, again. So I, I'm, I'm sort of, whenever I talk to you about the demographics and how things go, I always pull from my own personal experience. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what um, uh, that shapes my thoughts. Yes. Uh, I'd say that. You know, <clears throat> we were, when my parents... Uh, my dad is the first of ten siblings who he has there he's the youngest and he was the first one in his sibling group to go get a college degree and after he finished TCU I mean, Texas Western University he went over and got his master's in T- at Texas Christian University that whole shift of 
change academically because they were they were sharecroppers. Yeah. Change our whole, you know, trajectory in our lives. That caused us to move into an affluent community. Um, uh, and I was uh, just entering teenage years was a great part of shaping that adolescent period is mm. a thing that shaped, you know, we, oh, yeah. we're so vulnerable during that period of time. And in my practice as a licensed professional counselor, that is the group I love working with, children yeah. and adolescents. Yeah. And um, uh, I'm, I'm have a national. I'm nationally board certified in counseling. I have a life. I'm licensed chemical. I was a licensed chemical dependency counselor, and also went ahead and got further advanced certifications in anger management. So I'm uh, uh, I'm certified in anger management and domestic violence treatment and ADHD. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did some. I kept trying to get because when you look at our population, I don't think we understand. The, the the mental psyche of things we've had to go through, which again put us in this place where we where we're not excelling and, and but let me let me let me go back for a minute. When we moved to Crowley, Texas, we had come from a complete African American community where we had everything. Yeah. My parents purchased a house in Crowley and we went from being in a predominantly African American community, not predominantly hundred percent to being one of four or five black families in a community so from my uh, middle school through high school I didn't know what it's like to have a black teacher black administrator black principal black coach black person serving meals black person cleaning up the uh, and not even having another black student in the class Wow so and that was my first experience when it came to being treated different. different. Of course, I didn't know what it was. I couldn't put a name to it, but I could feel it. I could feel the difference. Uh, I could hear it by the statement, the comments, the, um, you know, where we were placed in sitting and positions and all that. And we would not dare say anything to our parents because we didn't want my dad to feel like he, uh, Put us in peril, or within it, it just—it was just not something you talked about. But that shaped my whole life and how I not like I said, I'm over I'm over half a century <laughs> now. So uh, and that was in the early seventies. We didn't we didn't know what it was like to have a girlfriend because you could not date um, interracially. Yeah, that's like it was place. not a it wasn't written, but you knew just, it was not acceptable. Yeah. Um, and so I, our social construct in which we're talking about right now what makes a society successful is a social construct that is dependent on each other that is and so when you start talking about demographics I start looking at the system how functional is the system what makes that system functional and successful in in educating and and uh, in articulating the the traditions and the cons and all that down to the, the the generation below it. And so, when you talk about people leaving, I don't see people leaving as I see them expanding. I guess you can put it that way. So you can't determine that by a demographic or, or geographical location. Yeah. I hope, I mean, who would want their child to stay at home? Yeah. <laughs> I, I would hope every one of us would expect our children to, my father used to always say this to me, you will go farther than I have ever 
thought about going in my own. And I used to say, stop saying that. He really didn't mean that. My father retired. Uh, matter of fact, he just retired again on uh, the 31st of December. He's 77. I don't think he's ever been without a job. That's the first time. So he's going through all this stuff right now because he don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. I mean, don't do nothing. Travel. Man, all this money you make. But in his mind, work is very valuable and important. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing he gave me. Yeah. I did. You know, I was telling my kids a C was not accepted in my house. Yeah. My father said you can make a C just by showing up. Yeah. That's true. So a C was like almost like making an elf yeah. in my daddy's house. So um, so those things that were passed down to us, and we didn't realize the value of it. So to the day I do, I understand that uh, there is a very very significant value in pulling information from that system. And so I don't think we should look at people exiting as much as we look at what they're doing when they get out there. We yeah. want them to fly. Yeah, and we do. And uh -huh. and when you talk about, you know, the generation and stuff that has been passed on, and so I had that same conversation um, just the other day about, you know, a lot of our younger generations, they're not getting the same, you know, I know, it, I know it's different, I know it's mm -hmm. a different time, but they're not getting the same messages that we got, you know, we had a, it was a certain standard. Well, you know, but, that, but the message, the message is different. Yeah, it's a di it, the message that we received when we were kids will not work today. No, probably there, not. There is a different whole message because of technology, because of um, uh, the, the. I mean, but but you I still, hear, but you still, I still believe you mm -hmm. know you have to have that same message about pride. You know those character based, well, those character type of you know things that you it has to be instilled in you you know we talk about the crime rate you know mm -hmm. there's you know people have no regards to life you mm -hmm. know now and so to me was that different because there's I've always been exposed to people not having value to life I mean this is not the first I mean time we, we've but, heard. but 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 Ricky we we had there mm -hmm. was to me the pride was there mm -hmm. it was like you know you talk about yeah the communities were together mm -hmm. everybody seemed to have pride in what they had you know from where they live, you know, mm -hmm. their 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 neighborhood, mm -hmm. you know, like you said, if if you got in trouble, you know, down the street, you're gonna get, you know, you you gonna get in trouble when you got home because you know such and such called and said, mm -hmm. and now that doesn't exist well, anymore because we've made progress. Remember the people who were before us, our grandparents, they were not educated at all. They yeah. were locked there. Yeah, they were stuck there, so that became the system. We have to change the system to accommodate the day. Yeah. Uh, you know, I understand my grandparents that, you know, they sat on the porch and rocked in the wheelchair. Mm -hmm. They knew when you came by, they knew yeah. what time you. That doesn't exist today. We are in a, a, a bullet plan, a bullet train system. Yeah. My, my two year old grandchild can pick up my phone yeah. and go to YouTube yeah. and look at Humpty Dumpty yeah. and push skip to go past the advertisements. Yeah. Yeah. Two. Yeah, two. I can't figure out how to get to, you know, we're talking about <laughs> Apple, I don't know how to get to Apple. <laughs> so I think we have to accommodate for that. We have to accept that that's where they are. Remember there was a generation issue with you and your parents too. Yeah. And so I think we need to applaud what they're learning 
and yet not just applaud it, but push them forward to use it. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing prisons. I've been doing group in prison for six years. I do anger management groups. I do a series called Real Men. And I do a, another group called Attitudes and Behaviors. I enjoy it. Uh, but my, my audience is captive. You know, yeah. They're not going nowhere. So. <laughs> and oftentimes they come with the intent of, you know, I need to complete something so that it'll look good on my parole papers. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that 70% of them will return. The recidivism rate among minority, uh, uh, those in prison, the minority population in prison, 70% will return within 18 months of being released. And most of those are because of new crimes. So when they come out, the system is not ready for them because over here they can't live there because you have a felony, yeah. you can't live there. I can't hire you because you have a felony, so you can't be hired. So what, so the system is not ready. And we're talking about how do we build a society. The system is not working to build a society. When do they stop paying for their it's crime? Not, yeah. And we talk about reform, but in the South, and I'm just going to be honest, Texas is a punitive state. Yeah. Uh, they're not about uh, you know rehabilitation yeah. and you know they want to put as much pain on you as you yeah. did on, on society. And that's what and and that's what you know we talked about on the last episode mm -hmm. was we talked about you know our local elections that are coming sure. up, you know, and how important it is to know the candidates. Sure. Because you know my question would be for them is what is you know we talk about reform mm -hmm. and so to me the criminal justice system is a broken system. Absolutely. You know, and, and I, you know, and by experience, because I, you know, I had told him, I said, you know, I had a, I had a stepson that he just recently got out of prison, mm -hmm. you know, and did his time. Mm -hmm. But when he got out, they checked still him and he still had a, a ding and then he had to get back. He had to be rearrested. And I'm like, why didn't the system catch that? And I'm like, it's a broken system. In Illinois, just the governor just community sentence or erase the sentences of thousands of people who were, were arrested on marijuana. They just passed a law allowing that to be Illinois now yeah, Illinois. for record. And so would you stay here? I mean, if 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 you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. The system in which you're talking about yeah. is not a system designed for progression. Yeah. It's not designed to move people up. It's not designed for people to excel. If my father had not planning to me what I what have today. I wouldn't don't think I would be doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, when I uh, when I joined an organization and it's a uh, it was the third largest Pentecostal organization in the world. They're over 100 years old. I became their first African American bishop in the United States. I had only two or three churches or pastors that were African Americans on all the people I was over. Yeah. I saw the difference in how they, the people who were part of the organization and that particular conference was probably 90 years old. So the people had a very difficult time seeing me yeah. as their leader mm -hmm. or the head of the organization or that part of the And my father always told me, Ricky, you have to double work. Yeah. You, if, you, you just can't get a master's. Yeah. You got to get two. Yeah. You just can't, I mean, you just, and so I grew up with that concept in mind. When we moved to Crowley, uh, we were the only black people living in that, on that neighborhood. And I, and, on, and, on our, on our, and I noticed how all of a sudden when we get there, uh, 
for sale signs. Sort of. Yeah, popping up. Yeah. And uh, I didn't notice the. I didn't notice it. I mean, it just wasn't an obvious thing to me. And then we we came out of the house one day to go to a funeral, and all of our tires were flat. Wow. <clears throat> uh, and my dad actually called his brother, and he changed every tire. He went and got a brand new tire, but changed every tire on that car so we could go to a funeral. We come back and all of our trees were wrapped with toilet paper and that. So we went through. We went through people driving by the home and screaming and blowing. We didn't know. What, we were f afraid. Yeah. We were fearful that that something would happen. We were threatened all the time. You know, people told us. You know, they called us names. So we didn't know what what it, what to expect every day. We didn't know. So the fear of the unknown is why people have to move. Yeah. If I stay, I will not, because you know there there is what is expected. Yeah. You're not going to, and so it's very difficult. And so, I, I still live in that today. So, so where is the where to me where is the empowerment piece mm -hmm. that you know I feel like we're lacking that here mm -hmm. in 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 my in in our community is you know so what you know as like? far as empowerment piece I mean like building up our 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 leaders building up. Was you know, you know, like, okay, you know, like you know how in some organizations, you know, if you're part of you, you have a, you're part of a leadership team. You go through all these leadership training classes and all that. You get all this, sure. you know, seven steps of leadership, blah blah blah, and but all again, that. Are the people going to accept whatever you do? See, the system has to be ready to accept or bring in whatever you learn. You can learn a whole lot, yeah. But if the system shuts you out, yeah, then what good is it? Yeah, it's just you continually going through that cycle. Uh, uh, and so when we talk about generations of change, remember that generation didn't just start changing. It started changing two or three generations before it. Yeah. So the people, how the people look at themselves up, further up, yeah. grandparents, yeah. will determine how the kids look at themselves down here. So if you want to know what a child or what happens with the generation, look at the child. It'll tell you. It'll yeah, tell but, you. And, and so... You know the way that to me the way society is evolving now, and you see, you know, you can you can look on social media and you can see, you know, how you know people are like the light bulb is coming on, and mm -hmm. so you're seeing more entrepreneurship. You're, you're mm -hmm. seeing more people taking ownership of, mm -hmm. you know, my my you know my the, my future. Well, you know, let's talk about that because here in this community, how many African American businesses are here? It's not. A, we don't have a lot. Not we don't have as, as many like we used to. No, I'm gonna tell you how many. You know what I do see, uh -huh. and I and I. You can drive now or, up and down. Or, or African American owned. You can see businesses. more Hispanic owned businesses now. Well, that's not what I ask you though. The question is, how many African American owned businesses do you have in this town? No, that's no. so. Why would you stay? Yeah, that's true. So why would a kid stay when there's not an example for that? So, um, so you have to think about that. Um, so, my, so do we just allow it to? We just allow it to just diminish. No, I tell my son all the time. I say, you will go farther than me. I said, I tell him that you will go farther than I. So, Ricky started a business called the Wall, uh, called yeah. Being Our Waffle Bar. Mm -hmm. Very successful, very successful. He does his own website. He does everything. I look at him and I'm thinking, and when I'm in this presence and watching him work and how he works his customer base mm -hmm. and his customer service skills and he has them 
very, very well. It is amazing to see that because that is what I am. And so he's not here in Corsicana, but his name is everywhere. I mean, he's so busy, he can't even keep up with it himself. Yeah. But, but so I'm proud of that. I rather see him because now he saw me being a businessman. Yeah. He saw that. And no, we but how do hard. we change? How do we not really change? But how do we mm -hmm. instill that in our? You mm -hmm. know, because you know, I I, I believe, and I think I told you this mm -hmm. the other day. I said we do know everybody's not going to leave Horse Canada. Mm -hmm. We do know that. And so, how do we? The ones that are going to stay here change the system. So how do we so, change that mindset? That mm -hmm. you you can't change their mindset. You have to change the mindset of the system. Bring me to the table and make me equal. Yeah. If I can't be equal. My doctor had a thing on his wall, and I have to tell you, I was born with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, which is a neurological disorder. It's not a learning disability or anything. You wouldn't have your iPhone if it hadn't been for Steve Jobs, who they mm -hmm. need you. You wouldn't have Microsoft if it hadn't been for Bill Gates, who they yeah. need you. You wouldn't have Ricky Walter doing B&R Waffle Bar mm -hmm. if it hadn't been for ADHD. Yeah. The system was not ready to educate him. So I couldn't put him in public school. Yeah. I had to homeschool him. Mm. Because the system wasn't ready for him. And everybody would tell me, oh, you're going to make him social inept. <laughs> He's going to be crazy. But this kid went to Navarro College his first semester, and I ran across his teacher, who's now the uh, editor or the, the head person over at Course Kennedy the Sun. And he says, your son was one of two students who were the smartest students in my class. Yeah. The system is not ready for it. So what you want to do is train the children, but the system is not ready for it. You have to get the system ready for it. I mean, who gets in the bathtub and run the water while they're in there? <laughs> Most people will do a run the water, make sure they test the temperature and everything. So it's, yeah. you don't want it too hot because it's going to burn you. You don't want it too yeah. cold because it's going to, you want it right. So what we're asking kids to do to get in the, in the bathtub and start running the water. But I think, I think now, you know, we're, the mindset is changing that, you know, and, and that's why now you see, you hear the message, everybody's not going to college. You know, because before it mm -hmm. used to be you want everybody to go to college. You want that, that same pathway. And so now it's like, okay, some are going to go to college, some mm -hmm. are going to go to trade school, some are going to go to the workforce, some are going to go to the military. And at the end of the day, that's okay. You know, before, because to me, I think some, at some point it was a stigma or it was like you, can, you have to go to a four-year university. You have to go to this college. So tell you know? me what a college degree says. It to, well, for me, it just shows to completion. Okay. But it shows completion for me if you get a certification. That's right. completion. But let, let's ask. Let 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 let's step back for a minute. But if I get a certification and walk into a workplace, and the job description for promotion says you have to have a BS degree, am I still stuck? No. Yes, I am. Because if you want, if, if you want in that particular job, you absolutely. are. Absolutely. If yeah. you want to go to the promotion, it's it would be unfair to ask the corporation, yeah, make an accommodation for me. Make accommodation for me. I don't have the degree, but make accommodation for me. So what are we telling our children? What are we telling them? 
that education is not important? I totally disagree with that. I believe you can do both because my dad said yeah, you can get a degree can. and learn a skill. Yeah. And he encouraged us to do that. I play the I play the instrument, but you know I made more money playing an instrument in but, church. And that's what I'm saying. You can be an entrepreneur and mm -hmm. make just as much money. You can own your own business and make just as much money. But let me tell you something real quick. I don't ever take anybody to my office when they come to visit. I always take them to another room. I never bring them to my office. Cause you got all those. That's right. Certificates. There's degrees on yeah. the wall. To me, sometimes that can be intimidating. That's to not people. the purpose. The purpose of why I don't is because I want you to judge me based on my yeah my interaction with you. Yeah. Not by what you see on the wall. Yeah. So the accomplishments are personal to me. That's why people don't yeah. people call me Dr. Walter. Don't yeah. call me Dr. My name is Ricky. <laughs> because it has no value to you. I had a guy in court. I was, uh, you know, subpoenaed to the courts. I do a lot of court stuff. And so the guy said to me, so what should we call you? Dr. Walter or, I said, Ricky would just be fine. See, because I know what I've done to get that journey through there yeah. and what I had to go through to get there. Because I graduated the bottom 25 percentile of my class and I was surely not the voted the most popular person to, to excel or to achieve or be successful. So every step of graduating from whatever it was, was a major accomplishment in my life that only has value to me. Yeah. So the paper that has value to me, this is what the doctor had on his side. He says, I always agree with myself. And I kept saying, what does that mean? I always agree. So I asked him, I said, hey, doc, let me ask you something. Why, what is that plaque on the wall for? He says, well, let me tell you a little bit of my story. I came here from Spain. Oh. So I may be successful today. He said, but I went through a whole lot of times where people try to demean my ability. They gave me jobs that I probably shouldn't have taken, but I did them because nobody thought I could work and be. He said, but I learned very quickly that if I don't agree with myself, nobody else is going to. Mm. So before I let you demean me, I always agree with myself. <laughs> I make something successful, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, and so I will let you sit there before I let you put me in that, that box. Yeah. Our students, our kids, what you don't realize, are learning skills of socialization because they will not just need that here. Yeah. They'll need it if they go to New York. Yeah. They'll need it if they go to Dallas, wherever. So is valuably important. You can't uh, you can't be um, what your society will not let you be. Can't be. You can't be what your society will not, will not let, let you, you be. be. Yeah. They you cannot be what they don't praise and yeah. validate and celebrate. So before you can start telling these kids who are leaving, please stay because we love you. We need you. You got to show them that value yeah but we should we also should be grooming our you How know you groom? i mean not well i'm using the term groom mm -hmm. you know our our future workforce the workforce mm -hmm. you know that the, the replacement workforce mm -hmm. you know that's you know i know that's the that's the message in the education world mm -hmm. is you're 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 grooming your replacements you mm -hmm. know because you know they are you know you want them to you know, like I said, some of the some some are not gonna leave. Some are they're mm. gonna be here, and so you want that educated workforce. Mm. 
you know, to... You don't think we're educated? Yes, I do. I, I, I believe we're educated enough. You know, we, you know, we have some... But know, what jobs require... What job can I get to appreciate my education? What job can you get to appreciate? Yes. Well, if you, even if you go down to the city hall, you're going to have to have an education. You are. Okay. If you go down to city hall, if you go work for the... I'm just saying the streets department... Mm -hmm. The water department. You have to have some form but of education. That's, that's that's then a conflict of what you said about not telling them they have to have an education. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> what I'm saying, no, what I'm saying is, you don't you don't necessarily have to have the four year or the master's degree okay. if you choose to just get a high school diploma, or you know because most jobs if you go get hired on they're going to send you to extra training. But I, but I would want you to make sure that you know how to read that application, or you have some communication, uh, some technology knowledge, because everything worked. is going technology is technology driven. I haven't worked for anybody since '99. Oh really? Well, I have. Yeah, been, most. I mean, now I've been self-employed. Even like if you go work at the water department, a lot of mm -hmm. things now are is is all about technology. Again, you know? I'm saying, but well, why would I go get education? I've been self-employed since '99. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. I have not worked for anybody since '99. Yeah. And that's okay. Well, but the point the point I'm trying to say is you have to be willing to accept those who do have the education. Yes. And you have to open the avenue and the place up for them to be equal on the table. Yeah. You don't see nobody in banking that's African American. You don't see nobody in corporate America that's African American. You don't see anybody that's in leadership, in, in law enforcement, in school, in college. I mean, and I'm gonna tell you this because I told well, them, here, wait, wait, but I'm gonna tell you what I told them. And I don't have no shame in my game. I told Dr. Fagan. And I call his name because he don't mind. I said to him when I came in eighty two eighty three, there was no black teachers, no black administrators, no black uh, you know, uh, uh, no nothing. Fast forward that thirty six years. Guess what you have? No black teachers, no I'm black administrators, saying. no black deans, no black. So with twenty seven percent of your population African American, and there's nobody that looks like me, except those who enforce the rules. Yeah. So what do I ascribe to? So tell me, what do I subscribe to? You want me to stay. You want me to be. But you're not giving me an example of what to be. Yeah. You're not giving me that example. So what do I become? Because if you tell me you want me to become something and you don't have a picture out there of what that looks like, how can I mimic it? That's why I just think it's important to, you know, even like with, um, I, you know, I still say young people, is you have to take them out and let them see that there are, there are, you know, you but, do. But, but if I mean, I'm on this pipe. I'm on this pipe. Yeah. I'm on this 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 path this year. Is I'm taking I'm, them out. I'm researching um, the civil rights uh, a civil rights tour, mm -hmm. and I've got the information. And so that is my one of my desires is I want to take a group on that civil rights tour so that mm -hmm. they can see. Take their grandmom and mother first. Huh? Take the parents first. Take the parents take the first. Well, hopefully first. Not the parents will go as mental as no, uh, no. chaperones. You need to take them first because you can't import but the Pastor, child. But, but, but Pastor Walters, mm -hmm. you can go down to the historic to the historical society down at the library. Mm -hmm. You can go off in that room, and mm -hmm. there's history right there. Okay. The books are the books are there to show you the the 
The people that own people in that in that one room, because I got a chance to, to go in there. the value of it? See, Just to know the history, that, because that, people do not, not know, that, they not don't it. know their own history. Well, neither do I, neither do you. I know, what I'm saying is the, the families that were, the, the pioneer families that used to be here, a lot of people don't even know their, their families. I mean, well, I wouldn't want to know that. What would be the value of it to them? Just to know your history. Okay, well. I mean, we know MLK. Mm -hmm. We know Rosa Parks. No, I don't. mean, we always... They don't know that. No, that now, not this generation. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, you know, you got... Some, some way we have to instill that in... You know, we can't let that be forgotten. Mm -hmm. You know, and that, to me that's... You know, the farther we get away from slavery or yeah. the time when they were worked, Sharecropper. Yeah. The farther we get away from that, the less yeah. imprint yeah. I is going to be on that history. Yeah. The less value it will be. Yeah. So I don't think we need to build from that. You can't take kids to where they. But it's history. But it, to me, it's history. Yeah. It's history. But, but we so, learn history about everything. We learn. So in is the, the Alamo, books. and I didn't want to yeah. learn that either. <laughs> but that's why so, I'm, that's so, why I'm so, glad so, that the that's why I'm glad they're incorporating African American mm -hmm. studies. Okay. In the school system, I'm glad because if we can learn the other history, we can learn. So that why history. don't we talk about American history? See, because yeah. it ain't about African American history to me. It's yeah, about American, American history. history. I am a part of the American fabric of this country. Yeah. And it shouldn't be that I have to do something different to be accepted in the country I was born in. Yeah. Okay. I was born here. Yeah. My parents were born here. My great grandmother was uh, was a slave in in Louis uh, in uh, Louisiana, I think, <laughs> somewhere. Was born on a slave plantation. Okay. I, when I I don't don't know her. I never met her, and the conversation has always been very. I don't know her name. Sketchy, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I got people upset. I've been there. I don't. We don't know. So, but what is important to me today is that I stake out my t my my place in this world. Yeah. And whatever that means, whatever that looks like, I've got an obligation. To fulfill my purpose in this earth as long as I'm here. Now, when I'm dead and gone, y'all can do what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't care if you don't remember, remember yeah. your name. I don't care if people mention my name today. My yeah. name is not on anything. Not on a sign at church. Not on any advertisement. My name is not on anything. That's what. That's what. I, that's what I, I try to make people understand. Once you're gone, you you might be remembered. You might not. You know. But, but what you put yeah. in somebody. Yeah. Will live forever, and if it don't look like you. It lives forever. Yeah. That's the value yeah. for it for me. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, you know, and that's why I do it the way I do it. Whether it's right or correct or not, I am totally influenced by my experience with racism. Yeah. Okay. That wasn't the only time I experienced it. I experienced it as a bishop. I experienced it even in my doctoral program. Yeah. And, and it triggered memories to me. And I said to myself one day, that lady wasn't back there when I was in the seventh grade at Crowley. But the actions put me back. I could help. I could. I could sense the smell, yeah. the feeling. I remember the teacher. I remember what all the kids were doing. It almost like it put me right back in there. And guess what happened though? I rose up and say, I'm not. I'm no longer that seventh yeah. grader because I have already gone through this journey, and I will not. I always agree with myself. Yeah. You get it. So what message, um, before we get ready to close out, what message can you um, leave lasting on this podcast to our community? Because, you well, know, I'm all about, mm -hmm. you know, spreading the message and getting people, you know, I, I, I still use the term empowerment. I want our people to be empowered. Fight you know? for a place at the table. Then. Yeah. 
fight for a place at the table. I don't want to be on the school board just to be a black person on the school board. Yeah. That's not. City council. That's council, not. You know, when, when God created man, this, the, Bible said, the Bible said God created Adam. He said God created mankind. And he gave all of us the same thing. Go rule. Go take dominion. Mankind, which includes everybody. So should we? So as leaders, should we be? Should we be grooming our? First of all, would you do it? Why are you trying to? I groom? am. I mean, you are. Yes. But you need other people to come alongside of you and set the example, so the kids can know what that looks like. Yeah. Right now, they don't know what they look like. You can tell them all day long. I need y'all. I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. I mean, you taught me math from writing on the board. Yeah. At least I have a snapshot in my mind what it looks like. You can't tell me to go be successful when there's nobody of my color or nobody of my creed or where I come from doing that. Yeah. So if you want somebody to be a teacher, you got to see what teaching is. Yeah. I tell kids all the time, if you want to be a doctor and nobody's in your family is a doctor, you got to find somebody who understands your the factors yeah. that you get had to mm -hmm. go through to understand how to help you get to where you want to go. Yeah. Uh, my teacher in my doctoral program asked me a question one day. She said, who taught you how to write like that? And I said, write like what? She said, most students who come into a doctoral program we have to send them to the writing lab and all this kind of stuff. Who taught you to write like that? I'm thinking, write like what? <laughs> she said, I never have to send it back to you like I have to all the other students. And I was thinking, well, my mother refused to let me just do it the way I wanted to. It had to be if the handwriting wasn't good, go back and rewrite it. <clears throat> I can't read that scribble scrap. You better do it right. I don't care how long it takes. Get in and do it. That was my parents. Subject verb agreement? That was in my head. The subject and the verb got agreed. Does that agree? No. Well, why are you the preposition right there? My mother didn't have a high school diploma when she left Corsicana. She got one while we were there. But she remembered her teaching and she gave it to us. Mm -hmm. So a preposition always have to have something behind it. Yeah. You don't put a preposition at the end of a sentence. I mean, I, it's almost like plays in my mind. like yeah. Because we got that in the environment. Yeah. They gave us an example to mimic. So when I got to my doctoral program and I'm 50-some years old and I have a doctoral uh, faculty tell me, who taught you to write like this? You write so scholarly. I'm thinking I do. <laughs> it's just the way I write. Yeah. Period. There wasn't an option. So I have to go there and learn how to write. It's what I had grown up in. Mm. Okay. My mother read all the time. Read books all the time. You so we have a generation that's not... There's no example before them. So you're asking them to duplicate what they've never seen. They've never you can't seen. duplicate what you've never seen. Yeah. So if we're going to change something, we got to get everybody bought into it. Because poverty is, a, is, a, is one of the biggest uh, 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 
richest industries in our world. I know because you know what, and 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 getting, and I gotta mm-hmm. say this before mm-hmm. we close mm-hmm. out, you know, they continue to say our community is poor. You know, it's like it, it, people get rich I, off of it, though. I know, but it's like, are you priding yourself to keep saying that poor. how poor our community is? I'm like, who? I mean, you know, back growing up, you know, growing up. That was like you didn't want people to know you were poor. I mean, you know, Pro- the projects was des- was a design study. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm gonna tell you what the projects do. The projects charge you market rent. The government, we, mm-hmm. our tax dollars, pay them market rent. We pay them the same thing they would get over in the the north side of town. Yeah. If it's seven hundred dollars, that's what we're paying them. The only thing is, we're paying it. So somebody, some owner, some private owner is getting... Cause you think they would be there if they wasn't getting wealthy off of that? I know, but I just... I hate the fact that we keep using that, saying that. And it's like after a while, you, it's embedded in our... That there are more cancer. white people that are poor than I black. know, but it's like, are we priding ourselves to say that our community is poor? No. It's, you know? it's, a, it's, a, it's a mentality. I know, but... It's, it's, it's constructed. It, 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 it's meant for that. It's meant... Because people get wealthy off of that. So yeah, you I have just, to understand that, I mean, for me, like I said, for me to come to the table, that's why I stay in a circle. I stay in a bubble. Because I all, I know all the, the code words and yeah, the code, you, uh, yeah. you know, and say, don't. You got to call them to the carpet. Well, You really do. You got to well, call them to the carpet and say, you know what? Mm-hmm. Let's just stop using that term. We understand right now, mm-hmm. we're, our community is in the shape it is right now. But I believe we can get, we can rise above. But what that. community are you talking about? I'm talking about Corsicana. So, I'm talking you about Corsicana. The whole community is in a bad shape. They keep saying how poor our community is, and I'm like, why do you keep using that term? Why do you keep saying? Well, if it's reality, it's reality. I know it, but at some point, don't you want to get away from that saying? You know, like okay. We want to get out of that mentality, get out of that mindset that our community is poor. Mm. You know, because to me, I think that's if you put that stigma on your community, why would anybody want to come here? Why? Why would you? Why would anybody want to come here and bring growth mm. or make it grow? I just well, don't understand why, that. Why, ask me. Well, let me guess. Well, I don't understand why, that. Why the people here can't bring growth? Yeah. Why can the people here bring growth? Well, and I'm gonna tell you the real reason why. And why is that? Because I don't want my status compromised yeah. or challenged. I believe that. Or, I believe that. Or yeah. uh, it's, I don't want no competition. It's all about the have and have nots. Right. I understand that. And and that's a whole different topic. It's all about the have and have nots. We've had a wonderful yes. conversation. You know, this is a very much, a, uh, again, a very in-depth, enlightening conversation. <laughs> I, I, I wish there was a whole panel of people yeah. here. And, you know, we've had the group discussions yeah. and all uh, that. I've had my millennials on. That's right. But I, but I, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you opportunity to say your shout outs to anybody because I always. I give, don't have anybody to shout out. You don't to. have anybody to shout no, out to. I don't do all that kind of stuff. <laughs> okay, was Aaron? He does he does not have any <laughs> shout out. But I'm gonna say thank you so thank much, you. Ricky, uh, for being on my um, Ken and Girl Speaks podcast. Yeah. And I look forward to continue to work with you out oh, in the community. Well, like keep expanding. Keep, you keep, keep doing expanding. what you're doing. Call I me mean, back in, a, in about six months. And I, I, if I've made some changes in my life or I've been exposed to some other things, I'll let you know. Yeah, but, no, you, but I, you're I've a motivator. You're a motivator. Yeah. And I've sit back and I don't say anything. I yeah. don't conversate. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to go, we are our worst enemy. Yeah, that's true. Crabs in a bucket. No. No, just, not that? No, I don't oh, think okay. it's crabs in a bucket. I just believe... That um, we fight over territory. Yeah. The only thing that African Americans own is church. Yeah. Do you mind me talking about? My daddy said to me one day, 
He said, if you want to get to the table with the go get to the table with the big boys, buy property. Yeah. Own property. Yeah, I've heard that. Real estate. Yeah, real estate. We have more black churches here than we have anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's we don't have no steakhouses. We don't have historical. no cleaners. We got a whole lot of black churches. Yeah. Okay. And that's about the thing we fight over. Yeah. When education, when I go to the school, when I went to the doctoral program, they had no idea that I was black. I don't know if I'm black. They judged me by how I wrote. Mm-hmm. I wrote... You know, the application and the, the 500, that's what they had to judge me by. There was nothing that marked that. Yeah. So when we decide that we're going to do better, we will live that out and we will demand that. Yeah. We don't have a black police chief and you will not. I, mean, I was the first black bishop in an organization that's over 100 years old in the United States. Four million people, they never had one before. And they were shocked when I got it. Well, I wasn't planning to get it. <laughs> it just so happened. But I was prepared from Crowley High School yeah. and middle school. God prepared me for that. Yeah. So I truly believe that when we start, we want to change. We will want change. We, really want we will change. step up and we will demand change. Yeah. Not just from our people, but from the system mm-hmm. itself. I get it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on my on Can and Go Speaks podcast. I can't wait to come back. We'll do part two. We do part two? Okay, that sounds good. So, so ladies and gentlemen and those out in my listening audience, thank you so much for listening to Can and Go Speaks podcast and you have a good evening. Can a Girl Speaks podcast is recorded at Shred Shed Studio. Shred Shed Studio, where you get big city production at small town prices. Recording, mixing, mastering, guitar instruction, production, and songwriting. Find out more at shredshedstudio.com or email your inquiries to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at shredshedstudio.com, the premier music studio in Corsicana, Texas.